Welcome to the Personal Equity Podcast, where we discuss investing in yourself and building personal equity. We take a deep dive with our guests into their stories, careers, and lives from both a personal and financial perspective. I'm your host, Mike Troxel. Today, we'll be speaking with Sarah McGuire, who is a real estate broker for Compass in Boston, Massachusetts. In our conversation, we discuss her business coach, finding balance, and what she does to feel in charge of her day. The links and information in the episode can be found at personalequitypodcast.com. Hi, Sarah. Thank you for joining me. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Mike. So I'd love to start with the present. If you could give listeners an idea of sort of where you are now and what you're up to. Sure. Um, I am about to turn 35. I live right outside of Boston with my husband and my two children. Uh, My son, Liam, will be six in December. He just started a hybrid kindergarten due to uh, the pandemic that's going on. And my daughter, Molly, is um, three and she is in preschool. Good stuff. And how did you end up in Boston? I ended up in Boston because of uh, college. I got um, recruited uh, by the rowing team, the men's rowing team at Northeastern University. And uh, I came up for an official visit and um, fell in love with the city. I had been, you know, a couple of times before. Both my parents actually went to uh, school in Boston. My mom went to Emerson undergrad and my dad went to Suffolk Law um, and they met in Boston, actually. So we did a bunch of family trips to the Boston area. And I, you know, from, from my first trip to Boston, I was like, Oh, this is it. This is where I want to go to college. So, uh, that ended up happening. And, um, after my four years at Northeastern, um, I, uh, met my now husband who's from the area. And I, you know, even though my whole family lives in the New York city and New Jersey area, um, moving back that way was never really, um, a goal of mine. It was never really a, something I wanted to do. So, um, fast forward almost 16, 17 years and I'm still here. I love that. I've known you for quite a while, but I did yeah. not know, I did not know your parents went to school in Boston. So yeah. that's great. Yeah. And I'm sure you're obviously your two kids, uh, and husband keep you quite busy, but what do you, um, what do you do when you're not momming? So I um, am a real estate broker in the city of Boston. I work for Compass. And on top of that, I am an indoor cycling instructor at a boutique uh, cycling studio here in Boston. We have four locations um, and we're continuously year after year named the best uh, cycling studio in um, in Massachusetts. That's great. And I, I'd love to jump into um, cycling a little later on, but I'd yeah. love if you could touch on Compass a bit. It seems like just anecdotally, I had never heard of them. And then they've sort of, now I see them all over the place over the last few years. Is that, is that accurate? Is, um, yeah. or, or was I missing, missing something there? No, no, it's pretty spot on. Um, Compass, uh, actually just celebrated its eighth, um, anniversary. Um, we've actually just celebrated our fifth anniversary in, in the Boston office. Um, yeah, Compass really came out of nowhere. It was founded by a, um, actually Bay Area, um, a guy named Robert Refkin and Ori Allen. Um, just entrepreneurs, really, really two of the smartest people I've ever met in my life. Um, Compass is really, I guess you could say a startup technology company, to be honest. Um, they, they brought on the best developers, um, you know, technology based, um, again, entrepreneurs, and they built their own in-house technology platform to support uh, brokers. So really, really fortunate that I was able to, um, you know, get pretty much get asked to to work at at Compass um, almost three years ago is when we joined, I would say. So for someone that is not in the real estate industry and doesn't really know the difference, what, 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 um, I guess, what type of technology I guess what what makes it so different? I'm just curious. So we have, um, oh gosh, I don't even know where to start. Um, you know, when, I think when people think of, of real estate, they think of, you know, your typical Cobalt Banker or your Century 21, these companies that have been around pretty much for ages that, you know, to be honest, are kind of 
stuck in the the stone age compared to compass. Um, we have, um, we rely a lot on artificial intelligence, um, where we are constantly, um, almost kind of like big brotherish, to be honest. Um, we're, we're, we can see, you know, our clients, um, and our consumers trends online. I mean, everything lives online, right? So we're able to, um, you know, anytime that we have a listing, obviously it goes online. We're able to trace, you know, who's looking at that listing, where they're coming from, their demographic. Um, and then in terms of, you know, when we have a new uh, seller client and we're putting together, um, you know, some kind of marketing pitch for them, we're able to um, uh, put together a, a CMA um, all based on on artificial intelligence where it's gathering information um, from, you know, let's say you're selling a house in the Bay Area, Mike, and it's able to to gather all those kinds of comps, all of the, you know, school district information, um, you name it, and and roll it into one beautiful presentation, really just with one click of a button. Um, it makes our job as a real estate broker so, so much easier, where I don't have to worry about the marketing, I don't have to worry about the pitches, I don't have to worry about any of that stuff. My job is to buy and sell. Um, and to help my clients do that. And because of the technology that Compass has built, um, I'm, I'm able to focus more of my energy on my actual living, breathing clients and sitting behind a computer and, and trying to, you know, put together an entire, you know, marketing pitch for them or an entire um, comparative market analysis for them. Um, I can do that with one, like I said, one click of a button. And Again, like I said, it, it allows me to have more face-to-face time with my clients, more, um, you know, more time to schedule meaningful phone calls with my clients. They get more of me because Compass's technology is doing the hard work, the hard part for my for me. That's really interesting. And have you been in real estate since college, or were you doing something before? No, I was doing um, something before. My husband's been in real estate. I would say. Um, much, much longer than me, uh, to be honest. I, um, out of college, I, um, I graduated in 2008. Um, and if any of you guys remember what happened in 2008, the, the economy crashed. Um, it was probably the worst time to be looking to be a college grad looking for a job. So what I did, I, I waited tables. I applied to a million jobs. Um, I applied to law school. I got in, I didn't go, my parents are still probably mad at me for it. Um, and uh, I ended up getting a job at uh, Dunkin' Donuts Corporate um, right outside Boston, which is an awesome job. Learned a ton. Um, was there for a few years, then went to a um, smaller web development firm. I was kind of doing um, some web stuff for, for Dunkin' Corporate. Um, then went to another small web development firm. Um, then kind of just felt like I was at a standstill. I was My husband and I were getting ready to get married. He was already in real estate. He said, listen, he said, why don't you just take your real estate test, see what happens. At least you have your license and go from there. So I took the test, I took the course, took the test, passed. Um, and that was 2012. And uh, no, 2012. Yeah, 2012. So um, yeah, been in, in, been in the business for almost eight years. And do you work with clients throughout all of Massachusetts or just the Boston area? So I typically um, focus mostly on the Boston area. However, my clients who have purchased over the last couple of years who in the city are now, you know, moving on to the next stages of their lives and are, are heading towards the suburbs. So I have been finding myself in the suburbs more and more lately. Um, I know Massachusetts isn't that big of a state, but, um, you know, there is a certain distance that I will go. But, you know, I, I, I refer some clients out if they're going, you know, further outside the city than I typically go. But um, yeah, ton of business in the city. And then, like I said, I'm finding myself in a lot of the suburbs. I love it. And do you have any specialties as far as you mostly work with buyers or sellers or, or houses or condos or anything like that? Yeah. So I work with buyers and sellers. Um, I would say over the course of the last year or so, um, see, uh, we're specializing more new construction. Um, that's what my husband's, uh, business, uh, mostly is, is development. So what he does is he goes out and he finds development deals and, um, either we bring on a, a partner to partner with us to, you know, uh, develop and build. And then I sell, or, you know, if it's a project that's, too big or, you know, we're, we don't invest in, then we will either sell it off to, um, a, a sole developer or, um, uh, 
you know, bring it to them, um, let them buy, buy the, buy the deal. And then we list on the back end. That's great. And I was looking at your bio on the Compass website earlier, and it sounds like um, business is going really well. It it was highlighting 2019 how you had some you had some record years. Is that accurate? Yes, um, last year was a record year for us. We had such a great year. I'd say ever since we we joined Compass three years ago, um, the trajectory of our of our business has just boomed. Um, it's kind of what we've been working towards the last eight years. Um, and, and because we were given the tools and the support, um, from compass, we really were able to, like I said, focus more on buying, selling, developing, and not have to be sidetracked and bogged down with, you know, the paperwork, the, the computer work, the, you know, the stuff that takes up the most time. So that was able, I was able to, to, focus, like I said, all of my energy and time um, to my actual clients. So I think that made a huge difference in our business. And I know you have you have quite a good track record and, and you're quite talented, but getting started in this business in 2012, was it difficult to differentiate yourself? Yeah. Um, I had no idea what I was getting into. I was just you know, I, I really had no clue what I was getting into. My husband wasn't really in the everyday residential selling and buying. He, um, managed a huge, um, portfolio for a real estate investor. Um, so, so he wasn't, you know, out with clients, boots on the ground, um, uh, helping clients buy and sell. So, he thought that I would be good at it. And that's why I, you know, took that route where he was kind of behind the scenes. So what I did was I, um, I answered an ad on Craigslist of, for a real estate um, broker who was looking for an assistant. Um, so that's really how I got my start. And I was really, really fortunate. He was a really, really great guy. He was doing some small scale development stuff himself. Um, so I really learned the initial ropes from him. Um, and, and I'm glad that that's how I, got started. Um, because I think it's one of those businesses where you, you know, you see all these shows like selling sunset and you see, you know, million dollar listing and everyone thinks that that's what brokerage is and it couldn't be further from the truth. Um, so I think what, what happens is a lot of people like, Oh, I can get my license and they go ahead and they do it. And then they don't last more than six months in the business because it's cutthroat. It is, it is, um, it's a lot, it's, it's cutthroat. So I'm really, really fortunate that, that I started the way that I did. And over the last eight years, were there any low points or moments of doubt, such as like your, you know, your first deal falling through or something like that? Oh yeah. I mean, even today there's moments where I'm like, forget it. I'm not doing this anymore. I'm packing it in. I'm going to go find something else to do. I mean, it happens almost daily, to be honest. It's one of those, it's one of those, um, uh, careers or jobs or, you know, businesses that, um, um, very up and down, very, very up and down. Um, so it's very easy to get discouraged. It's really easy to get down on yourself. Um, you know, remember we're working with people who this is going to be the biggest investment of their lives. Um, it's really emotional. It's really stressful for for clients, whether they're buying or selling. So sometimes you are their punching bag. Sometimes you are their therapist. Sometimes you're their best friend. Sometimes you could do no wrong. You're the greatest thing that's ever happened to them. And sometimes they absolutely hate you. Um, and there's really no telling, you know, what, what could happen. So one second, it could be, a, it could be all of those things wrapped into one transaction. You know, there's, there's really no telling, um, which way it's gonna, it's gonna go. So you kind of have to think on your toes and wear a lot of hats and be ready for the best and the worst in a short amount of time. <laughs> and if someone was getting started today, is there, any, any specific guidance you would give them or just sort of, uh, as you didn't necessarily say, but I don't know, have some, have thick skin and, and yeah. keep your head down. Yeah, absolutely. Have really, really thick skin, stay, stay humble. And, um, I would say try to try almost do what I did start, try to join a team an already established team. Um, try to join, you know, up with someone who's maybe looking for an assistant, um, you know, learn the business. Um, and I would, I would definitely, you know, say to, if you are serious about it, I would definitely get started that way. And you mentioned selling sunset. I mean, are there any other, <laughs> um, misconceptions or myths about your, um, your role? I mean, I know, you know, people like to think, oh, it's so easy just to sell, you know, buy or sell yeah. a house. Right. But uh, you almost have to be, um, 
I don't know, land or like legal experts because there, there's so many different you know intricacies um, around real estate. Is is that accurate? Yes, absolutely. Um, I mean, I, I'm lucky. Every state is different. So, like for example, um, uh, in New Jersey, where my where my dad lives, my dad's an attorney in New Jersey. Um, when he's working on a real estate transaction, it's it's the um, real estate brokers that really put together the entire. Um, what we call it up in Massachusetts, the purchase and sale agreement. Um, up here in Massachusetts, it's it's an attorney that does that. So I'm actually very fortunate that I'm in Massachusetts and I don't have to do that part of it. Whereas, you know, places like California or places like um, New Jersey, for example, or even New York City, um, it's it's different state by state. So so a lot of the the major legal components are handled by real estate attorneys in Massachusetts. Thank God. Um, so so I'm I'm lucky in that sense. But yeah, you you definitely have to know how to do your due diligence and and you know even more than that in in Boston and in Massachusetts, um, you want to put together a really really strong team, um, a team of of legal ex- experts, a team um, of of financial experts. Um, uh, because you're only really as good as the people that you surround yourself with. Right. So, so in Massachusetts, at least it's, it's so important that you are working with other like-minded, uh, individuals that you trust, um, that, that will have your, you know, client's best interest in mind as well. Um, I can't tell you, I mean, listen, there's a lot of bad brokers out there and there's a lot of bad attorneys and lenders out there, believe it or not. So that's why it's so important to, to work with people who, um, you know, have good reputations that are well-respected in the industry. Yep, and I and I can attest to that. Like I mentioned to you offline, uh, I reached out to you for a lender recommendation for a client, and you mm-hmm. were you responded within thirty seconds with yep. like four four um, <laughs> four recommendations, and and just knowing you, that was kind of my expectation. Yeah, um, you know, I I knew you'd have a contact, and and it worked out great. So I appreciate that. Awesome, yeah. And you, so you mentioned, uh, you know, a supportive team and you mentioned how supportive your husband has been during this time. Mm-hmm. Are there any other, um, resources that kind of helped have, you know, is currently helping you or, or have helped you in your career as far as, I don't know, mentors or, or even like, um, books or classes or, um, courses or anything like that? Yeah, definitely. So I would say that, um, Probably two years ago, I started working with a coach, a business coach. He's, he's, really my life coach, to be honest. Um, I know some people use him really just for real estate business coaching. Um, he and I, he's, I, I really, whether he knows us or not, I, I refer to him as my life coach. We talk business, we talk life. Um, he has a very specific, um, uh, way of teaching, I guess it's, it's all based on, I don't know if you're familiar with, um, Chris Boss. He is a former uh, FBI negotiator, and his whole um, his whole premise is uh, emotional intelligence. Um, he wrote a book called Never Split the Difference. Um, so great book if you haven't read it uh, already. Um, so we really work a lot on emotional intelligence when you are dealing with. Um, doesn't have to just be clients. It could be it could be a spouse. It could be your children. It could it could really be anything. Uh, it could be anyone. Um, so I would say my my coach. Um, Steve Schull, he actually is a former NFL football player. Um, uh, I just, he's fantastic. He's, he's my lifesaver. Um, so I work with him um, once a week. Um, we have a phone call once a week. Um, I would also say my two managers at Compass are uh, fantastic. Um, Chris Thoman and uh, Jeffrey Hyten. Uh, they're awesome. Um, can always go to them. And then, um, I would also say my aunt is a real estate broker in New York city. She's, she's one of the top, um, producing agents, not only in New York city, but the country. And, um, she's just, um, an absolute machine. And, and, uh, I go to her for advice, um, a lot as well. So I, I'd love to ask about your, your business coach. I mean, that, that seems totally fascinating. How yeah. did you, I guess, what led you, um, to, to taking the plunge and, and making that investment? I had just a huge deal had just fallen apart um, for for Ryan and I, my husband and I. Um, absolutely massive. Um, would have been a record deal at that point for Compass. Um, we were like at the 99th yard line <laughs> and it fell apart. Um, and Ryan still to this day can't even talk about it without getting 
angry. He <laughs> so um, it's even it's still hard for for me to talk about all these years later. But um, uh, so that fell apart. I was so down in the dumps. I you know felt like that was like a career maker. Like that would have taken us to the next um, level. I mean. Um, and I was so discouraged and I went to my managers just screaming for help and, and said, what do I, you know, I, I'm, I don't know what to do. I'm, I, I'm defeated. I'm absolutely defeated. Um, so they had suggested here are two names of coaches that we think may be a good fit for you. Um, have a preliminary conversation with them, see what you think. Um, so I interviewed them both and, um, Steve, I'm a former athlete. Steve is a former athlete and he's no bullshit. Um, he is straight to the point. Um, and I really liked that. I was like missing that in my life. Um, I was missing that like coaching, you know, authoritative figure. I know that sounds so crazy. Um, but, uh, I, it was really, I was lacking in my life. So, um, once I, you know, decided to hire him, um, it definitely put me in like really uncomfortable situations, really vulnerable. He kind of made me break down my entire business and, and of the way that I was used to doing things. And um, I had to relearn, um, you know, how to, um, uh, you know, communicate with with not just clients, like I said, but everyone in my life. Um, so he's been he's been instrumental, I would say. And is this something you had to come out of pocket for? Um, yes and no. So we, um, compass, uh, you know, depending on your, um, we're given marketing budgets, depending on your volume that you do. So sometimes, you know, the first year I was able to use some of my marketing budget for it. Um, this year I felt that I read, I was like, okay, let me take a look at this. Um, I decided to, use my marketing budget just for marketing. And because my business grew, I mean, I, I attribute it to working with my coach. Um, you know, I had money that I was, didn't have the year before that I was able to use to pay for um, my coach out of pocket. And it's, it's worth every penny. Yeah. That seems like a pretty big commitment. And, and one time per week, I mean, is it, are you meeting on like a, like an hourly basis or, or what's the setup there? Um, so we, we talk Friday mornings. Um, he's in California. Um, he calls me at nine 30 on Friday morning. So he's up at the crack of dawn. Um, and I think he's already talked to like one or two other clients before me. <laughs> um, so sometimes our conversations are 10 minutes. Sometimes our conversations are an hour, you know, it, it depends, but, um, it, you know, I get as much out of the, you know, a 15 or 10 minute conversation as I do out of a, an hour long conversation. And does he only work with uh, folks in the real estate industry or, or does he work with other businesses as well? You know, that's a really good question. I never asked him that. Um, uh, I would, I would assume he works with, with people across all industries. Um, I know, I know, a hand, I, I know that he works with a lot of real estate brokers. Um, that's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that. And I'm going to put you on the spot here so I can link to him. Um, yeah. What's what's the spelling of his last name? You said it's uh, Steve Scholl. Yeah, I think it's S C H U L L. I think. Okay, great. And if if you're wrong, we can we can uh, edit that out so you don't yeah. look bad. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and you're you're not the first one that's mentioned um, that book um, yeah. on here as well. I mean, Chris Voss, uh, Never Split the Difference. It's it's on my list. And every time somebody recommends it, it just sort of like jumps up a notch or two on the list. Mm -hmm. um, would you mind talking a little bit about that philosophy? I'm curious because I've listened to Chris Voss speak. He seems mm -hmm. super, super intelligent. Yes. Um, I think sometimes when you hear the title, never split the difference, and then you hear that he's a CIA or kind of like host, hostage negotiator, hostage, yeah. it, it might be easy to think like, oh, that doesn't really apply to me. I'm not, you know, I'm not dealing with the uh, hostages. Um, <laughs> can, can, would you mind giving like a quick kind of high level about what the, what the gist of the philosophy is? Yeah. So, so my business just pretty, probably just, I mean, like your business, just like a lot of businesses, um, is based on, um, relationships, right? So the better you are at relationships, um, the more successful you're going to be in your business. Um, and in order to have good relationships, you need to have good communication. Um, so Chris Voss's teaching, um, is, is all about the way that you're communicating with your clients. Um, 
and like you said, it, it sounds intimidating because it's it's he's a hostage negotiator. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I find myself, you know, in conversations with, you know, a difficult client or not even a difficult client. And I feel like I'm, I'm negotiating with a terrorist, you know what I mean? So um, he, uh, you know, his whole thing is, you know, how do you deliver news? How do you deliver any kind of news? Um, uh, so it's, it's prepping people, um, uh, getting people to do what you want them to do, prepping people for you delivering good news, bad news, whatever kind of news it is, and getting people to do things that you want to do um, because you're the professional and that they and because you, they need to listen to you. They hired you for a reason, and uh, in order for the relationship to be successful, you know, in my case, you know, selling or buying a house, um, they need to listen to you. Um, so, so his teaching is all about getting people to do what you want them to do. So switching gears a little bit, uh, you mentioned you're a, an instructor at the handlebar indoor, indoor yes. cycling studio. So given that I'm across the country, I've never been to a class, but I've seen, um, plenty from you and, and others on social media. So what, what does it do to your day when you, if you start your day out teaching a class where you're, you know, yelling, sweating, mm-hmm. listening to loud, fun music, high-fiving, like what does that do to your day? I think it just sets the tone for the rest of your day. I mean, listen, I don't like when my alarm goes off in the morning. I hate waking up early. My kids are actually very good sleepers. So it's not like I'm up at five normally. Um, I love my sleep. Um, So do I press snooze? Absolutely. Do I dread getting up and going to teach sometimes? Absolutely. Um, But uh, the second the workout is over, whether I'm teaching a class or taking a class, I, there's just, you know, people talk about a runner's high, you know, that kind of thing. If there's a workout high, um, if you're able to get your endorphins firing, um, before the sun comes up, like, how could you, how could you have a bad day after that? You know what I mean? Um, I think it, it grounds you, it calms you, or at least it does for me. Um, so when I am faced with adversity throughout the day, I'm, I'm more calm, you know, I don't have all this like pent up anger and aggression and energy that, um, I normally would have. Um, if I'm able to, able to sweat and work out first thing in the morning. So it just, it just puts me in a much, much better position for the rest of the day. And does that, um, also, what does that do for your day or your, or your schedule rather? Because obviously you're very successful at what you do in real estate. Um, I am assuming you're not, you know, teaching classes, you know, just to pay the mortgage, uh, when you're, you know, just again, looking at your bio closing, you know, 50, 70, $90 million of business. Mm-hmm. Um, so does that just bring out a different side of you or, or, um, what, what's sort of behind that? As you know, I was a college athlete for, um, almost four years, uh, in, in, at Northeastern. So it, uh, it, it, it makes me feel in control. <laughs> um, uh, I was a coxswain for four years uh, at Northeastern. Um, and I, I get that same kind of, of, you know, being in control feeling. And for me, um, I know this like, might sound crazy and like alpha and whatever, but I, I need to feel like that, um, at least for a little while. Um, um, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm used to feeling like that. Um, it, 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 uh, it makes me feel some, especially in this business, there's a lot of times where I, I don't feel like I'm in control. And if I'm able, like I said, to start my day with feeling control of my body and what I'm saying and, and how I'm moving my body and how I'm breathing, um, I think it, it gives me, um, it gives me confidence more than anything, to be honest. Um, so, so I think it's hard when, when you grow up playing any kind of sport, whether it's at the you know high school level, or especially at the collegiate level, and then all of a sudden it's over. I mean, how many of us really, you know, become professional athletes? So few of us, right? So you go from, you know, being a high level athlete for all these years, then all of a sudden you graduate college and, and you're done. Um, it leaves a huge void, you know, it leaves a huge space. Um, so I think, you know, someone like myself and you and, you know, people that I know that play, even my husband, he, he was a two sport athlete in college. Um, once you go from, from that to not having that, I think it's a really big adjustment. I think it's really hard. So for me, indoor cycling, teaching it, taking it, um, just filled like a huge, huge void that I had in my life. So, um, I'm really grateful for that. 
That's a great explanation. And when you're not teaching or, t- or taking um, classes, do you notice it in your work? Like, do you notice it in your mood or your? your oh your, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I find that you know, all of a sudden, if I'm not, if I'm, especially with the, you know, because of the pandemic, we're not able to operate, you know, business as usual in the spin studio. So I find things like, like my inbox is like a disaster, you know, just because. I don't know. It's just, I'm not as regimented and I'm not so much on a schedule just because I'm not, you know, teaching and working out as much because of, you know, the closures and things like that. So absolutely. It's a direct correlation of, of, you know, being, being, um, on top of things and and organized for sure. And I, and I can echo that. I mean, I, I feel the same way. I feel like when I'm really in my workout routine and, and sticking to it, I feel like business is just better. Totally. Um, and that I think that has to do with, like you said, sort of energy, confidence, um, all of the above. So that's great. And so, what? Uh, just curious. So, how is the studio handling the pandemic? Are you doing outdoor classes? Are you doing remote classes? Or is it just um, sort of everything on pause right now? Yeah. So um, I think when when everything shut down in March, <laughs> everyone was like, "Oh, two weeks, no big deal." Um, so we were kind of just like in a holding pattern. Um, and then when I think we realized um, it was going to be much longer than two weeks, um, the owner and the founder of the Spin Studio, who's also a Northeastern graduate, um, I give her so much credit. She's just so smart and just so good at pivoting. Um, and, uh, you know, also there was plans in motion. So um, the first the first thing we did was we were offering um, we have another workout that we offer. It's called Move. It's a it's a um, a a beat based um, kind of like hit workout, um, but with kettlebells. So we were offering we were offering uh, r- virtual classes um, uh, doing that. And then because um, not everyone has a bike at home, right now everyone and their mother has a Peloton. So um, then we moved into um, leasing or renting out our bikes in the studios, so people were able to rent those on a monthly basis. So once people had the bikes in their homes, we then started offering virtual spin classes. So we did that, and then um, what we did next was we um, found a, an outdoor location um, to hold classes. So we're uh, doing that. Um, and then once, um, the state started letting gyms kind of open with different restrictions, um, we typically have 40 something bikes in a class. Um, we're now only allowed to have five or six, depending on the size of the studio. So we have four locations in the Boston area. So, um, we have five or six bikes per class. So if people want to come and take an indoor class and in person, they're able to do that. So, um, uh, like I said, our, our owner, Jess Fracolosi, she, um, you know, has something for everybody, you know, not everyone's comfortable coming back and working out inside. Um, so I think she's done a great job and the managers, um, have done an unbelievable job of, of really pivoting and, and trying to find something, you know, for everybody. We're offering yoga classes. We're offering, um, those, um, those, uh, that move class with the kettlebells. We're offering the, the indoor cycling classes. So, um, cause, you know, they know as well as anybody that, that exercise, especially during this crazy time that we're in, um, is just so important for your mental health. So important. Yeah. So you've mentioned a few different ways you've, um, you know, you're investing in your career, obviously physically, mentally with, with your coach and whatnot. Is there anything we're missing there, uh, where you're allocating sort of time, money, energy to sort of boost you? Um, other than, I guess, um, my, uh, coach, like you had said in the, in the working out, um, one thing I did invest in probably almost a year ago was a, um, assistant. Um, so I, I, uh, and this was my, this day one that I, when I started working with my coach, he said, the first thing you need to do is hire an assistant. And it took me two years, um, to, to listen to him. <laughs> and the second that I hired her, my, world changed. Um, she is amazing. Um, she handles everything that I don't have time to do. She has a marketing background, so she handles all of that. Um, she handles all my paperwork. She's, um, super, super smart. Um, and, uh, just takes so much off my plate. So it's been a light, it's been a game changer. So, um, I would say between the cycling my coach and my assistant <laughs> there, those, those three things is what, what keep me going. And is she, um, a virtual assistant or, uh, 
A real life assistant. No, she is a real life living, breathing assistant in Boston. <laughs> I, um, what's also been great is because we can't go into our offices because of the pandemic. I go and, and hide in her, her apartment, um, for some days at a time getting work done because she doesn't have kids. It's just her. It's so quiet. We get so much done. So it's been a blessing. That's great. And one more, one last question about, um, the handlebar and indoor cycling. Has that, has that been, uh, sort of an unintentional, you know, marketing or almost like networking activity. I'm, I'm sure you've met a lot of people from that. I, you're probably some, you know, at some point a uh, celebrity in Boston since you're an instructor there. And I'm, <laughs> I'm sure that doesn't hurt business. No, that's such a great question. Um, yes, I would say that, I don't know if it's the majority. I actually have to go back and look. I would say that at least 50 to 60 to 70 percent of my business comes from the handlebar absolutely no way wow oh yeah That's unbelievable and unbelievable unbelievable and, and honestly it wasn't until compass that i started tapping into that um i and it wasn't until i started working with my coach that i really really started tapping into that um and i don't know what took me so long i just i didn't know you know i didn't know how to how to you know cultivate relationships um and, you know, our business is all about prospecting and everyone talks about prospecting, prospecting. I was like, what does that mean? Little did I know, you know, after I started working my coach, he said, Sarah, every time you teach a class is you prospecting. Because when you think of prospecting, you're like, oh, you think of cold calls, you think of like door knocking, you know, that kind of stuff, which is just so not for me. And um, my husband cold calls, by the way, that's like all he does. And it's so uncomfortable. I don't know how he does it. Um, but uh, he's like, Sarah, every time you teach a class that is you prospecting. I'm like, Oh, well in that case I can do that. So, um, yes. So that's such a good question. Mike, um, I would say a, the majority, a lot of my business comes from the handlebar. Yeah. That's awesome. Good for you. That's, that's great to hear. Yeah. So if I gave you money, you know, I'm a really nice guy. So if I gave you yep. some money and mm -hmm. or some time off, uh, mm -hmm. is there a way that you would allocate that, you know, again, money and time towards, different investments. Again, that could be another course. Um, it could be a vacation to sort of do mental health. Uh, is there, is there anything sort of on your wish list that you, that's, that's next for you as far as, uh, putting your energy towards? Um, yeah, I would definitely take a vacation. Um, I wouldn't, I, I would, it would be completely unrelated to work. Um, I, you know, back when we got shut down in, in March, I, I literally had a mental breakdown. I, I, I was just like, Oh my God, how are we going to do this? How are we going to survive? How are we going to make money? And then I was like, well, wait a second. You know, the spin studio shut down, our office shut down. I mean, everything shut down. Um, and then I was like, well, wait a second. I was like, Sarah, you've been complaining literally for a year of how busy you are and how you don't get to see your kids and you don't get to see your family and you're, you know, missing that quality time. So I was like, Oh, maybe this isn't the worst thing, you know? So, um, unfortunately we just weren't able to travel anywhere. So I would definitely take that money and I would definitely, um, I would definitely use it for a vacation for sure. So you, you mentioned your kids. And so with you and your husband in real estate, how do you handle the balance between the sort of unconventional hours or almost like 24 hour a day job of real estate with being a parent and a mother of two. Oh, every, my, my, my uh, pet peeve is when everyone's like, Oh, real estate, you must have, it must be so nice. Cause your schedule is so flexible. I'm like, what? you know, nothing about real estate. Um, like the other night, it was last Friday night. I didn't get home till nine o'clock. It was a Friday, you know, like it is the least flexible. Um, yeah, am I sitting in a, a parking lot, able in the middle of a day of the day on a, a Thursday, being able to talk to you? Absolutely. Um, you know, can I take a Monday off if I don't have anything planned? Sure. Um, but I mean, I'm on call twenty four seven. Um, my phone rings, I get a text message, I get an email. I mean, one of the biggest things I pride myself on is my response time. Um, and uh, you know, I, like right now, like I'm, you know, we're talking and. And my husband's like, Oh, are you getting, are you picking up Molly? And I'm like, no, you have to go pick up Molly. You know? So we, my husband and I were a lot of times we're like two shifts passing in the night and we're literally just, you know, picking kids off, you know, picking kids up, dropping them off, switching places. And, and, um, no, it's a lot. It's, it's hard. We have a nanny, um, who's been with us since my, um, son Liam was three months old, six months old. 
so she knows us. She knows our family. Um, she's known my kids since they were born. Um, it takes a village. I mean, it absolutely takes a village. Uh, I'm lucky that my in-laws, um, don't live too far away and they're amazing. Like this weekend, um, Brian has this like huge, huge golf tournament that he golfs in every, every year. And my weekend is jam packed with work. So my in-laws, um, will come up and they'll take both kids for the weekend. You know, I'm really, really, really lucky in that sense, but it absolutely takes a village. We live in an awesome neighborhood. Like last weekend I was in a pinch and I dropped the kids at the neighbors and I took off, you know? So, um, it, it's, it takes a village, you know, especially with, with, you know, two working parents, you know, when I was growing up, my mom stayed home with us until we were in school full time and, you know, whatever. But, um, I think the woman's role in, in the family and the home is, has really, really changed since then. So, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm lucky that I um, had a support system between my husband, my nanny, my family um, to, to help with the kids. Because if not, I don't, I don't know how you would ever do it. Yep. And I totally hear you on the schedule. I mean, it's, uh, it's not as extreme, but similar with me, right? Where there's ultimate flexibility, you know, you have flexibility, but you're never really off if a, you know, if you're doing a beach day with the kids right. and the phone rings and it's a client, you're going to answer it. Um, Absolutely. You know, you're, you're, you're not going to just let it go to your out of office or something like that. So it's, mm-hmm. uh, it is an interesting dynamic. So move, moving into the, the final questions here, um, taking a, a break off of work for a moment in your career. Mm-hmm. Is there any interesting content you're consuming these days that again, doesn't have to be work related as far as like shows or movies, podcasts, books, anything like that? They're so rare that I get to read a book, to be honest. I'm like embarrassed to admit it. Um, so I, when I do get a chance to read, I, I want it to just be an easy read. I don't want anything heavy. Um, I love Ellen Hindle, uh, Hildebrand's books. Um, she's uh, a Nantucket native. Um, she actually rides at the handlebar. Um, all of her books are amazing and they're just super easy beach reads and they're, you know, kind of, they're not too serious and, and it kind of transports you and they're all, they're always about, you know, either Nantucket or, you know, um, down the Caribbean. So it kind of, you're able to live vicariously through the characters and it kind of, you know, removes you from uh, your everyday life, which, which if I do have the time to read, that's, that's what I want to be reading. Um, I, full disclosure, I am a Bravo um, fanatic. I am a housewife fanatic on uh, Bravo. I know it's so stupid, but that's my guilty pleasure. Um, as silly as it sounds. So, um, it's so funny because my everyone's like, "Oh, do you watch this show? Do you watch that show?" And my husband are like, "The only show that we watch religiously is Ray Donovan on HBO, but it's not on right now." Um, but other than that, um, you know, we watched. Um, I'm trying to think what we watched. We watched, you know, what Tiger King and all those stupid ones that came out during the um, pandemic. So. I know. I wish I had a better answer. I wish it wasn't so stupid, but, um, you know, because work is such a grind and having children is, I'm sure you can relate is such a grind that if I do have downtime, I want it to be mindless and enjoyable. So, um, so I have some of those guilty pleasures. (laughs) Beautiful. And this one might be a little more challenging. Uh, and I'm interested in your answer since you have a six and three year old, Mm -hmm. if you had to design a course for any age, uh, what would it be and why? Um, that's a great question. Um, like a school course or like a learning, like some something that you learn. Right, right. Um, I would pro. It would probably be some co- something um, like active related, sports related, something like that. I I just I mean my, some of my earliest memories of um of growing up were always sports related. My, I'm I'm one of three and my sister, I have a younger sister and younger brother. And we all, we, you know, we just grew up playing sports. And, um, I just think that if you are an athlete, like, listen, I'm not trying to knock, you know, people that play instruments or have other hobbies. I just think an athlete's brain is just wired differently. Um, and if you're, if you're exposed to that at a young age, I just think there's really nothing else that teaches the kind of dedication and discipline that you get from sports. So I think the course would be something, um, uh, uh, athletic or, or, um, sports related or, um, you know, something with structure. I know that sounds crazy and I know it sounds, you know, whatever, but, um, I've found, you know, having an almost six year old and, you know, three year old that kids 
they want structure, they crave structure, they need structure, whether they know it or say it or, or not. Um, so the sooner that you're able to instill um, some kind of structure in their life, it doesn't have to be, you know, this rigid structure, but just, you know, something that happens, um, you know, on a certain day or certain days of the week, and they're expected to be somewhere at a certain time for a certain, you know, period of time. I just think you, you, you learn, um, discipline that way. Um, and, and, uh, so yeah, it would be, it would be something with some kind of structure and a team, you know, some kind of team atmosphere. Um, that's, that's definitely what the route I would go. Great answer and unique as well. That's a first for the all the people I've interviewed so far. So well, well done there. Um, so you are you are stuck in traffic on Boylston Street in Boston. You are you are forced you are forced to listen to me interview somebody. Um, any recommendations? Oh, um, you know, I think my first instinct would be some kind of like woman in a leadership position. Um, but, you know, I would be interested in hearing an interview with a man that has surrounded himself with strong women um, in other leadership positions. I want to know, you know, why they did that and why that's beneficial. Like, I, I respect the hell out of women that have worked their asses off to be, you know, to be in these leader posi- leadership positions. I would like to hear from a, uh, from a, a man who has appointed women either in his company or in the past to leader leadership positions and why, um, you know, I think now with this whole, you know, the women's movement and, and, you know, feminism taking a, a, a front, uh, uh, um, such a major role of, you know, over the course of the last five, six, seven years, um, you know, I think now we're seeing, you know, more larger, lar- bigger companies, you know, finally realizing, oh, we need to get some women on the board, you know, um, I don't really care about that. Like, y- yes, you should, you should absolutely be doing that. But I want to hear from men that have been that were doing that before it was a thing before it was an issue. And, you know, to be honest, I don't even know if that exists. But if you can find that that one man who who, you know, was in on the the good good before um, this became a thing, I'd love to hear that. All right, I'll, I'm, uh, I'll take an introduction when you find him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't even know if it exists. <laughs> so uh, turning the tables a little bit, um, if you had for an hour of your own time um, with anybody past or present, is there anyone you'd like to sit down with? Oh, um, huh. Hour of my own time with past or present. Um, I wrote my college essay about um, Crazy Horse, the Indian. Um maybe him, um, or, um, oh God, you put me on the spot. I don't know. Um, I'll have to, I'll have to get back to you on that one. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, um, I mean, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, maybe, especially, you know, after her passing and, and only because she, there was a quote that I found from her then, you know, she talked about, um, you know, everyone after she passed and everyone was kind of reposting quotes and, and they were all, you know, amazing. And she, she was, did so many amazing things, especially for women and minorities. Um, I, there was one, this one quote where, um, she talked about, uh, the reason why she thinks she excelled so greatly in law school. And as an attorney, um, was because while she was in law school, she had, she had a young daughter and, um, while, you know, all her, her classmates were in the library studying and, and, you know, working, working, working. Um, when she got home, you know, from classes, instead of, you know, continuing to study, that home time was for her daughter. Um, so she didn't do anything that had to do with, you know, law school or work or anything like that. That time at home was strictly for her, her and her daughter. And she said she felt that gave her a leg up against her classmates because she had an outlet. She had something else other than school, something else other than work that brought her joy. Um, so, uh, I, I just was able to connect to that, um, uh, so much more, so much more than, you know, all these other great quotes that she had and all these other, you know, great things that she did as a, as a working mom. Um, you know, I'm like, yes, you're so right. You know, um, it's so important to just, even, especially in my business, like I get home and, and my husband tells me to do this all the time and, and I need to, I'm working on, it. I'm trying to be better at it where, once you're home, like just put your phone down and 
carve out two, three hours with the kids until they go to bed, you know? Um, so he, you know, my husband always says, he's like, the world isn't going to go, isn't going to end in, in those two to three hours. And he's so right. So between my husband telling me that, and then, you know, Ruth's quote, I think, uh, that's gonna That's definitely a, a goal of mine for sure. In the next, in the short-term goal, you know, I need to start, start doing that very, very soon or doing a better job of it. So you have a pretty good uh, social media game. Where is the best <laughs> place online uh, for people, people to find you? Would it be email, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter? Um, definitely Instagram. Um, I have a personal page and a business page. If you want laughs and, you know, really raw stuff, um, go to my uh, personal page. It's uh, Sarah, it's, uh, S-A-R dot McGuire, M-A-G-U-I-R-E. Um, lots of funny, you know, just, just being real, <laughs> just being a real working mom and wife. And then our, um, business page is, um, I think it's McGuire underscore underscore group, um, on, on Instagram. So yeah, Instagram is where you can find me. Great stuff. And I will, uh, I will confirm that those are the right ones and I, I will link cool. to those in our notes here. Awesome. So, um, no, it's been great chatting with you, Sarah. Any you parting too. thoughts? Any parting thoughts for our listeners? One thing my husband always says to me reminds me every morning before I leave the house. He said, "Be," he says, "Be kind to Sarah." So, um, just be kind to yourself. You know, whether that means you know treating yourself to a lunch or working out or just like taking a couple seconds to take a deep breath. Um, I think we're really hard on ourselves, um, especially working parents. Um, in the middle of a pandemic, <laughs> so in uh, during an election year, so just be kind to yourself. Um, that's that's all. That's a great parting thought, and uh, yeah, to tell Ryan, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I had never heard that before, but uh, you're right. I think it applies to everybody. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me, Mike. This is awesome. Yep. Take care, Sarah. Have a good day. Okay. See ya. Thanks again for listening to today's show. We hope you enjoyed it. All of the show notes and links can be found at personalequitypodcast.com. If you enjoyed the show, feel free to share it with a friend or leave a review. Reviews help the show get noticed. The best places to leave a rating or a review are iTunes or Spotify. Mike Troxel owns Modern Financial Planning. All opinions expressed by Mike or guests are solely their own opinions and do not reflect the opinions of modern financial planning. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be relied upon for investment decisions.